What up fam, I'm Elena, a certified nutrition coach, personal trainer, and hormone specialist. I'm a former public educator turned holistic fitness coach, and I'm on a mission to disrupt diet culture and educate individuals on how they can heal their gut issues, hormone imbalance, and food relationships caused by chronic dieting, inflammation, and autoimmune or chronic illness. My philosophy for coaching is simple. Eat more, move better, feel amazing, because life is too short to feel like shit. So let's dive in. Hello, hello everybody and welcome to goal setting part two. I know, I know, so cringy. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like the whole fitness coach doing goal setting content is like really overdone and kind of cringy a lot of the times and not super effective. Let's be real. I've been guilty of putting out similar content, but I really hope that if you listen to part one, you start to recognize how this might be a little bit different and how it might actually be effective this time. <laughs> right? Cause, uh, one thing that people love doing is setting goals, but what we're really bad at is actually acting on those goals and following through and achieving them because we're not taking the proper time to kind of reflect. So if you listen to part one, you need to listen to part one and follow the steps in part one in order for this to be really, really effective. We talked about setting your goals, breaking them down, asking yourself, why is this important? Why does it matter? Identifying the priority in which they are important and also outlining who the person is that is going to achieve these goals and why this is going to either help your life, hurt your life or what not doing so could do either positively or negatively for future you. So essentially we're really trying to hone in on this vision of what does you in three months look like? What does you in six months look like? Okay. So you're going to take your first two goals. You can do three if you want to, if you really want to shoot for the stars, your first two goals that you decided, okay, these are the things that I want to work on at the very beginning of the year. So I gave an example in the last episode of like, I have eight areas specifically in which I am focusing on my goals. So my areas are my, uh, my emotional and physical health, my physical space, my personal growth in music, my hobbies, um, time spent with my family. So I'm focusing on my personal relationships, uh, finances. Uh, I don't remember what the other ones because I don't have them in front of me, but that's basically the gist of it, right? I have some, some professional goals as well that I'm going through this process with, but my first two that I'm really focusing in on, and they're, I guess three, if you want to split the physical and mental wellness apart from each other, although for me, they're really combined at this moment, I'm focusing on my physical, mental, my, my physical space, my mental health, my emotional regulation. And that's really my first focus kind of going into 2024, right? For me, especially that makes a lot of sense given that I just lost my father, um, back in October. And that's really had a huge impact on my mental health and my physical well-being. Um, and I need to focus back in on that before I can really achieve anything else. Otherwise, you know, we're going to have a little mentee V later on down in 2024. And we're trying to avoid that at all costs because been there, done that ain't a good time. Um, trying to avoid the 2021 version of me that was really not good at caring for herself mentally um, or physically as a result of that. So um, that for me is why those are prioritized moving into 2024. So again, from the last episode, uh, you're going to want to take a look and see which of those goals for you is going to be like the priority number one, priority number two, and that's what you're going to do moving forward. Now, Later on in the year, you can always kind of come back to this episode. Maybe you'll save the link somewhere to know on your phone. So you can repeat this process with your subsequent goals after this, but let's just focus on the first two for now. So again, now that you've outlined your goals, solidified who that person is and how they show up in their lives and identified why pursuing that goal is important to your overall quality of life and your growth as a human being, we're going to take a slightly different approach. 
So I mentioned in the last episode that we have outcome-based goals and we have behavior or habit-based goals. And you need both, but outcome without the behavior falls flat. And that's why a lot of people fail when it comes to setting and achieving their goals is they're only focusing on the outcome of the goal. They're not honing in on the process or behavior or habits that have to occur in order to support the outcome. So we're going to focus in on behavior-based goal setting, which this is a strategy that allows you to focus on the individual behaviors and routines that align with what you want to accomplish. Now, I'm going to be very upfront with you. There are sometimes pieces of the behaviors and routines that you set that will not make sense. And this is why it's important to focus in on the behaviors because if you're looking at something and going, hmm, I'm not executing on this, is it having a negative or positive impact? So I'll give you an example. I actually started on some of my goals here in December, really wanted to get a head start on my mental health specifically. So things that I implemented as daily behaviors that I wanted to do was meditate, mantras, repeat mantras, specifically with transitions between activities throughout the day. So I developed mantras for transitioning into different areas of my business that I work on, transitioning into different areas of my home tasks that I have to care for. Um, and I have come to find out over the last 10 days, really, I started at the end of November. So it's been like two, three weeks at this point. What I found was the mantras don't really matter. Like I don't stop and write them down. What is much better for me is actually putting on my headphones, laying on the floor, and doing a quick 10 minute meditation to calm down my fight or flight response. And that's more effective. So I evaluated it and said, hey, this behavior was helpful and this behavior was kind of non-existent, but this behavior being non-existent isn't having a negative impact. So I can kind of leave that behind and keep what's working. And so in my day-to-day -day logs, and I do a lot of this sort of like by hand, um, you know, I like to log my habits by hand. Some people like apps, like my clients will, if we're working on a behavior-based goal, will put it in their app so I can very clearly see where it's in their program. But uh, my coach doesn't use something like that or the way that our coaching works, I don't utilize that. Plus he's really more so just my strength and conditioning coach. Um, I'm very much working with my therapist on a lot of this stuff. So for me, handwriting it is effective. I just created a little tracker in my daily uh, or in my notebook for the behaviors that I wanted to execute on across the week and across the month. And so as I'm looking at my reflections for the week aligned with my reflection of the behaviors, I can identify this behavior is really helpful. And if I do this when I'm feeling very overstimulated and struggling to get out of this paralysis of what to do next and I'm very overwhelmed, especially with transitioning between different things in my life, and I do this and it helps, I don't really need to add something else into the mix because I have this behavior that I've identified that is beneficial. And the couple of times that I implemented this other behavior, it really didn't seem to have any bearing on it. Uh, so I'm going to leave what didn't work and keep what did. So again, we're focusing on behaviors. So step one to do this is you're going to brainstorm and brain dump all of the behaviors and skills that need to come into play in order to meet those goals. So for example, when I was brainstorming, what can I do to help support my mental health, especially when I struggle with paralysis during transitions is meditation and mantras, right? I just started, and those were only two of the things that came into play, but those were the ones that I kind of settled on doing. So this is you just brain dumping of what are the skills and behaviors that you need to develop and leverage? 
um, this is going to be a little bit overwhelming, especially, however, in the long term, you want to change the way you live your life as a whole. And you're realizing, wow, I really need to change a lot about what I do, but we're not going to change everything at once. <laughs> like I said, meditation and mantras and therapy were the, like the three things that stuck out to me for my whole list of things that I wanted to do. I have like 10 other things that were on my list for my mental health and emotional regulation that didn't make the cut because I chose the ones that were going to be maybe the most effective or the easiest to implement first to see what I could bring in. I was already on board for therapy. I already had my appointments booked for the entire month of December and January. And I already had some, I, re- I looked up some meditations and saved those. And then I curated my mantra. So only a few things from that big brain dump list really made the cut and that's okay. And that's totally normal. Now you have to recognize that in order to maintain progress with anything that you pursue, things don't just need to change in the short term, but they have to be changed and changed and sustained in the long term. Okay. You can't just do something for 30 days and then expect the changes to stick. So for example, with the meditation, at least acutely right now, because I'll do like a reevaluation of my goals every 90 days. I'm going to keep that in three to four days a week, especially if I'm having a day where I'm really struggling. But where we are today is a result of the choices that we made 90 to 120 days ago. And progress will come slower than you think it will. And you'll have to actually maintain a lot of the behaviors that you want to implement over the long term, not just for 30 days, not just for 90 days, but for months and years in order to see the changes that you want to see and keep the results and grow and refine what those results look like. This is like the same thing when you're setting health goals, right? If I have somebody that's coming to me and they have an autoimmune disease and they were really struggling or they have a lot of digestive issues and they were really struggling and we changed how they eat, we changed how they manage their stress, we changed how they exercise and they started to see a lot of progress. A big chunk of that has to be maintained in order for them to continue thriving. They can't go back to the behaviors that caused the dysregulation to begin with. Otherwise, they'll end up right back in the same spot. So it's the same concept with any goal you set. You have to shed the behaviors and mindset and and habits that are keeping you from your goal and replace them with habits that are going to get you through to your goal But this isn't necessarily something that you have to do consistently. You just have to do it with continuity. Meaning, like even with the meditation that I mentioned to help regulate my nervous system, I'm not doing that seven days a week. I'm like four days a week. Likely it's going to need to happen. Like, and if it doesn't even need to happen that often, that's okay. I just know it's a skill I can pull on with continuity in order to help maintain my mental and emotional regulation. Okay. Step two, I want you to prioritize from the list of behaviors for whatever goal that you have from most foundational to least foundational. Okay. Think about a pyramid. What are the three or four foundational concepts that you really need to hone in on? What needs to be put in place first? Okay. So I'm going to use a different example. Let's say meal prep is a behavior that your future self partakes in. However, there's additional skills beyond that meal planning and cooking. I would argue that you need to learn how to cook first before you start to dive into meal prep. Now, sometimes people can learn both skills along the way, but you need to know how to cook if you want to know how to meal prep. So start by doing some basic recipes, gather information on how common ingredients need to be cooked, right? What are different ways to cook different types of meats? What are different ways to cook different types of vegetables? 
From there, download some meal planning resources. I'll also link my nutrition guide for those down below if you like yeah, meal planning is my thing. I have like a 60-page guide that walks through the basics of nutrition. I'll link it down below. And it has a whole meal planning section in it along with downloadable printables. Uh, from there, you learn how to cook. You have to learn how to then meal plan and then you do the prep. Okay, meal planning and meal prep are two different things. They do go hand in hand. But you have to know what you're cooking and what meals you're cooking for in order to then prep those meals and then divvy them up and store them and then reheat them in a way that actually tastes good. So cooking is like a foundational concept and then meal planning. Then you do meal prep, right? So we think about the foundation to meal prep. There's two basic skills that you have to have within there in order to get to the point where you're meal prepping consistently. So now step three, once you've identified your behaviors and which ones need to come first, I want you to start outlining the specific behavior goals around them. So if you're new to meal prep and meal planning, learning how to cook, I want you to start small. For two weeks, plan and prepare only one meal of your day for that week. Maybe you're getting breakfast prepped. Maybe you're just prepping your lunches. Okay. You're not going to do a whole seven days worth of breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack if it's your first time meal planning and meal prepping. So what are the behaviors that you want to go through first? And I want you to start with baby steps. Okay. And I would recommend then after you've done that for a couple of weeks, then add in another meal. This is a very similar approach that I take with my clients, especially when we start looking at food tracking. So funnily enough, I don't usually start my clients off with using apps like chronometer or my fitness pal. I start with just a general food log. And we talk about food in terms of nutrients, nutrient quality, nutrient balancing and on their plate, um, what foods may or may not be inflammatory before we really ever get into sort of like how many macros did you eat today, <laughs> right? Like in my head, the prior of just learning the basics of nutrition comes before, so learning about food quality comes before honing in on food quantity. Um, and so I will sometimes have people just log one meal breakfast throughout the course of a week. We'll, re we'll go back and evaluate, okay, how effective was this? How easy was it for you to track this? What questions did you have about logging this and this? And then we'll go over that information and say, okay, cool. Next week, I want you to log breakfast and lunch. And then we kind of slowly build up. Again, we're talking about long-term behavior change and skill building here. Well, while tracking macros is not something that people are going to do for the rest of their life, it is a skill that I want a lot of my clients to learn because it's something that they can leverage in order to maintain their progress and stay accountable to themselves once they've kind of graduated from coaching. Okay. So you're going to do maybe one or two behavior-based goals per week. I wouldn't recommend doing any more. Realistically, you're not going to be able to implement more than that. And this is not a new strategy. This is what in education we call scaffolding. Hi, fun fact. I used to be public teacher, public school teacher. I taught choir for eight years and I also have a degree in curriculum and instruction. <laughs> so I know a thing or two about teaching and it will order things need to go um, and assessing how things are going and where to fill in the gaps. But your skills and your goals will build off each other from week to week and then month to month. Okay. Again, this is very similar to how I coach my clients. We have clients that have big health goals. They have high cholesterol, poor insulin sensitivity, bloating, acid reflux, PMS, and they want to get rid of all of those things as well as then sometimes maybe lose 30 plus pounds of body fat. That's a lot to tackle. 
but they have to start small, build their skills slowly. And that way, by the time that they lose the body fat, they've already reduced their PMS, their bloating is gone. And they realize, oh shit, we've slowly like 180 how I live my life and then totally different than I was maybe five or six months ago. And a lot of times they end up losing some of that body fat on the way just by the fact that they're treating their bodies better. And now it's like, okay, now we can dive into fat loss. We got your health under control. Let's move forward with your aesthetic goals now while maintaining your health. Again, that's the trick. Any idiot can put somebody in a calorie deficit and make them lose body fat. But can you diet somebody while keeping them healthy? That's, that's the trick. Okay. That's what I'm really fucking good at. So anyway, that's what I would do. And what you're going to do with all of this is you're going to assess it on like a weekly bi-weekly basis, right? If you're like, I'm going to do this for this coming week and you get to the end of the week and you're not stopping to think about how did this go well? What did not happen? And maybe why didn't it happen? These are very similar questions that I ask my clients in our weekly check-ins. What barriers did you come up against this week that inhibited you from achieving said goals? And how do we maybe navigate around those barriers next time? Or was it just a, hey, this really was a shitty week and we'd just try again next week, right? Do you have a method for assessing? And are you going to commit to the time it takes to reflect on why this did or did not work? And it can't just be because of, well, I didn't have time. Okay, well, why didn't you have time? Well, I didn't have time because I was rushing around doing X, Y, Z in the morning. And so I didn't get to do this. Okay, cool. So what did you do the night before to prepare for the morning? Well, I got home, I cooked dinner, I cleaned a little bit, and then I sat and watched a show. Okay, so how about before you watch your show, you lay out the things that you need for the next morning so that way you're not running around short on time in the morning, right? So those are the conversations that I have with my clients on a weekly basis of like, hey, why didn't this happen? Or inversely, hey, I did really well on this this week. What did I do that made it successful? I love asking that question when somebody does something good because they don't always realize what trends to look for is and why they helped them. Well, what I ended up doing was I ended up setting uh, all of my lunches out uh, in their own containers so that when I was working from home, I was able to just grab my lunch and reheat it instead of having to also like assemble and cook my lunch. So they save time there, right? So things that people do that help is as important as, and even more important as sometimes than identifying why things didn't work. And so you have to build in time to reflect upon what happened. And I say on a weekly basis, because a lot of us, our, our schedule operates on the week, the work week, and then the weekends. And we have professional obligations and personal obligations, and those change from week to week. And you have to kind of evaluate why things did or didn't go well, And then that tells you, okay, so I need to adjust this as well in order for this to happen. And if you're not taking the time to do that, or you don't know how to do that, that's where coaching comes into play. So I actually have right now an end of year deal happening for coaching. It's like the one and only time that things come up. And technically the offer is ending on December 15th. And I know this is going up after December 15th. However, if you sign up directly from this podcast, The only place where the link will be live to enroll in end of your coaching, which will start on January 8th, will be in this podcast link. So if you're like, okay, Elena, I I, I see what you're saying and I want to do this, but I don't know how to do it by myself. Again, that's where we talked even in episode one of, do you have the ability to build the skill sets necessary to achieve your goals or do you need to invest in support to get there? Let me be that support. I would love to chat with you. So I will drop the link for the end of your deal in the podcast link below. 
as the only place it will exist on the internet <laughs> at this point in time because technically the offer ended on December 15th. But if you've made it through the end of this podcast, you can get VIP coaching for 30% off as well as comprehensive labs included. And so I will include that link down below. There are all flexible payment options to do that. Also at checkout, it's the most affordable that coaching ever will be. It is the only time of year that I offer this deal. Um, and if that's the case, then maybe I'll see you on January 8th inside VIP coaching. All right, you guys, happy goal setting. Hopefully this was life-changing. If you enjoyed this podcast, take a screenshot, post it on Instagram, tag me. I would love to hear if this was helpful for you. And I will chat with you guys on the next one. The next episode will be happening in the new year. So happy new year. Have a safe new year. And thank you guys so much for being here. Chat with you later. Thank you so much for tuning into the What The Funk podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and a review and don't forget to take a screenshot. Tag me on Instagram. My handle is at elena.m.fit. I would love to hear what you want to hear on the podcast. I do respond to DMs. I would love to talk with all of you. I'm so excited for you being here today. Thank you so much for the support and I will see you next time. Just a quick disclaimer for the information found in the What the Funk podcast. I am not a licensed medical professional, mental health professional, or registered dietitian. The advice and recommendations given out on this channel and on this podcast are not intended to diagnose or treat any kind of medical condition or mental health condition. If you do think you have a medical condition, please speak with your medical provider. Please consult your medical provider before implementing any kind of supplement regimen or exercise regimen or nutrition regimen into your lifestyle, as well as as be aware that listening to this podcast does not constitute a coach-client relationship. Thank you guys so much.